This is the Building Resilience Podcast, Episode 41, Shame Resilience, with your hosts, Heather Stables and Leah Davidson. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where we learn all about building resilience in ourselves and helping others build it too. We draw from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching to help you face change and adversity and do more than just survive. We want you to thrive. We are your hosts, Heather Stables and Leah Davidson, and we are certified life coaches and speech language pathologists. We will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and become the very best version of yourself, version 2.0. Let's get started. We have a hot topic for you today that we're talking about. It is such an important one and a relevant one, and one that I'm pretty certain you deal with on some level. All of our listeners, I'm sure you're going to be able to relate because, in fact, apparently the only people that don't deal with this topic are sociopaths and psychopaths. (laughs) So if this doesn't resonate with you, then we may have to guide you to some other resources for support. (laughs) So welcome, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to have you. But truly, the topic today, I think it is such an important one. And really, um, the people who are immune to this topic are those who have an inability to feel empathy. And I know that most of our listeners are able to feel empathy. So should we break out the secret? What are we talking about today, Heather? Shame resilience. And, you know, just like Leah said, it's some shame is a, it's a, it's an emotion. It's a human emotion. And if you're human, you have likely felt it at some point in your life and probably will feel it again. And so I think it's important to talk about shame. And yes, we're not Brene Brown, but uh, she is the shame leader and the shame thought leader, I should say. (laughs) 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 But when you understand shame, then you can move through it because I'll just say it, you never get rid of it if you don't feel it. And so right up front, it's okay. You will feel shame, but today we're going to help you deal with it. And you don't have to be ashamed about having shame. And rest assured, you are a very normal human being. That's right. And like you said, Heather, a lot of what we're drawing from today comes from the queen of studying shame, Brene Brene. I can't even say her name, Brene Brown herself, (laughs) as well as from one of our coaches and mentors, Amy Gianni, who has taught us a lot about shame as well. So first off, I do think it's important to distinguish between two concepts that appear to be closely related. And Brene Brown in her work draws the distinction, the difference between shame and guilt. And she believes that that is a profound difference. So we want to get started there. Yeah. And I just, I want you to take a moment and actually think about what the difference between shame and guilt is. If you consider they're both emotions Mm -hmm. and, and what their purpose is, Mm -hmm. you know? And if you consider they're different or do you lump them in the same one and the same that, oh, shame and guilt are interchangeable because she believes that they're a profound difference. So do you really believe that? That's, I think, Mm -hmm. sometimes I think we we have been in a society where they've been used interchangeably until Brene Brown came along and pointed it out to us that they're different. You know, what's funny. Before this training, I thought about guilt as like a, an everyday emotion. Mm-hmm. I feel guilty for, you know, like a, a less intense, mm-hmm. you know, on the emotional intensity scale, I guess. Yeah. And then shame would be much more intense. Yeah, I think that resonates with a lot of people. Yeah. 
So let's distinguish them. So she believes that guilt is adaptive and helpful. It's holding something we've done or failed to do up against our values and feeling psychological discomfort. So it's reflecting on something and being able to identify when you've done something wrong that doesn't align with who you are or who you want to be. And I know that we also learned that there is a difference between healthy guilt and unhealthy guilt, or sometimes it's referred to as toxic guilt. And this concept is explained more in depth by the National Institute for Clinical Application of Behavioral Medicine. That's a big mouthful, but um, (laughs) they do a big comparison of healthy guilt, unhealthy guilt versus shame. That's right. So let's talk about healthy guilt. So this is a feeling of discomfort about something you've done that can be classified as being more objectively bad. So for example, the guilt we feel for driving drunk and hitting someone or knowingly breaking a contract or doing something that is clearly below what you deem to be your values and your intentions. Now, the good thing about healthy guilt is it pushes you to correct a wrong and seek forgiveness and it can lead to overall healing. It can specifically lead to the healing of relationships. It can push you to take responsibility for harm done and can help you change some destructive behaviors, seek forgiveness, and really confront and change the behavior that caused the hurt. That's right. Now, unhealthy guilt, on the other hand, can have a subtle difference in that it is a discomfort we may feel when we've done something against unrealistic standards that we have set for ourselves. So maybe we'll feel like tremendously guilty for like not knowing everybody's name at a large function or not being superwoman all the time. So it's unhealthy because the problem is, is it's unrealistic standards that you have set for yourself. It then can lead us to emphasize self-punishment over behavior change and then further trap us in guilt. So we'll keep feeling guilty because the guilt is often irrational. Yeah, that's a a slippery slope there. That's pretty cyclical, right? Mm -hmm. We do want to separate unhealthy from healthy guilt because one will lead to connection with self and others and the other leads to self-destruction and self-punishment. So you can question whether your guilt is leading you to course correct or keeping you down and out and then potentially could lead you to shame. That's right. And shame, according to Brene Brown, is the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Something we've experienced, done, or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection. Yeah, there's that intensity. Mm -hmm. She goes on to talk about how she does not believe shame is helpful or productive. In fact, she thinks shame is much more likely to be the source of destructive, hurtful behavior than the solution or cure. She thinks the fear of disconnection can make us dangerous. So to sum it up, essentially what it comes down to, and I love how she words this, it's just so simple that guilt is I did something bad and shame is I am bad. There is something wrong with me. So one refers to the behavior that is outside of us, and the other refers to the character or our identity. Mm-hmm. Like you are the shame. That's right. Yeah. You did the shame. Mm-hmm. Guilt is telling us to do something, it can move us forward. Shame can come in and take over and keep us stuck. And when we feel shame, we often feel like we don't have to deal with things either. We just were paralyzed in it and people will freeze when they feel shame. Mm -hmm. That's such a common thing. Now, I love when she talks about, I love hearing Brene Brown talk about parenting 
She's got such great wisdom. And she talks about guilt and shame when you're raising children. And she says that we want children to use healthy guilt self-talk. So we want them to say things like, I made a mistake. And guilt is a form of remorse. It's feeling bad for doing something wrong that is outside of you. And this healthy guilt can be useful as it can point to us and to our kids, point us in the direction of change so that we can improve things. Whereas shame is never useful because it attacks our identity. So we hear the voice of shame in words such as, I am not lovable or I'm not good enough. And this is the shame self-talk that we do want our kids to avoid. Guilt self-talk moves you forward. Shame Mm -hmm. self-talk keeps you stuck. Mm -hmm. That's an important distinction. So why do we even need to deal with shame? Why can't we just sweep it under the rug? According to Brene Brown, shame causes people to feel trapped, powerless, and isolated. And these are terrible ways to feel. That's right. Nobody wants to feel those. Would you like to feel trapped, powerless, and isolated? (laughs) Let's sign up here. Um, But shame can also occur in all aspects of somebody's life. And it can lead to many mental health challenges, which is one of the reasons why we want to address it. So it's important that we become shame resilient. We need to learn that we can deal with shame. We can get back up from it. We can't avoid it. And we also don't want to resist it. We can learn strategies to use that are going to avoid feelings of being trapped and powerless or isolated in the face of feelings of shame. And a goal of shame resilience is to actually help those who feel shame to instead feel empathy, connection, power, and freedom instead, which are all emotions that can be considered the opposite of shame. Okay, so let's take a little bit of a look about how shame grows. It actually needs certain conditions to grow. It needs to be nourished in a garden of three main things, secrecy, silence, and judgment. Can you think about a time in your life when you felt shame? probably most likely you didn't tell anybody mm-hmm. and you kept silent and you probably judged yourself for yeah. it. And so these three things, actions or inactions are things we do when we experience shame. Mm-hmm. So if you feel a lot of shame, chances are you're engaging in these things. Shame makes us want to hide. We want to keep things a secret. Shame thrives in the darkness. We also don't want to talk about things. We don't want to tell anyone how we're feeling. And then we have these judgments of ourselves and how everyone will judge us too. That's right. Now, sometimes it may be clear that we're suffering from a lot of shame, but other times we may not even recognize that we're dealing with shame. So we're going to talk about some of the typical reactions that we may see when dealing with shame. And I know some of them may surprise you. So the first one is we want to hide and this ties into secrecy. So like you said, Heather, this may not be a surprising one, but it turns up in our life that we may play small. We may not get out in the world to try new things. We may withdraw from things. We may even mask it with perfectionism. So we don't want to show up unless it's perfect. And because we often can't get to perfection, we don't put ourselves out there. So even though we know that shame hides in secrecy, we don't necessarily define secrecy as playing small or withdrawing or perfectionism, but it's there. That's part of shame. Absolutely. Okay. Another thing that we often do when we're reacting with shame, and this is a tricky and surprising one for many, we fall into the trap of people pleasing. And this is a survival strategy, you know, you know, you have the flight 
fight, flight, um, freeze, and fawn. That's a fourth strategy that people don't often consider. But we think we're not worthy or good enough. So then we tend to please people to try to prove to others that we're not as terrible as we think we are. And who knew that people pleasing was so closely linked to shame? That's right. Funny. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the third way we often show shame is becoming aggressive or defensive. And that can be to ourselves and to other people. We may tend to fight shame with shame because when we feel shame, we turn to being aggressive and may end up shaming ourselves or shaming others others as a way of trying to fight against the original shame we felt. It's really just our way of trying to combat the shame. So if you are often defensive or aggressive and wonder why, the answer can be shame. Or when you are interacting with others and they are being defensive or aggressive, then you can also in your mind be thinking, this might be shame related as opposed Mm -hmm. to any other story that we create, like shame could be lurking in the background. Mm -hmm. So when you see these behaviors in yourself or others, it's a good guess that shame is somewhere in the mix. So what do we do? How do we become shame resilient? This is the million dollar question. Well, the first thing to do is remember that shame does thrive in secrecy. It lives in the dark. And so if we want to lessen our shame in our lives, we need to shine a light on it, which means we need to be vulnerable and share. We got to talk about it. We have to find a safe place, a safe person who can hold space for you and who is willing to listen to your story. Of course, in order to be vulnerable, You have to have trust. And it's not about sharing your shame with everyone who will listen. It's not about exposure, but true, true vulnerability. That's right. The next thing we can do to shine light on shame and to move through shame is to focus actually on compassion. We often think that we need to beat ourselves up about things. But did you know that the biggest motivator for change is actually compassion? How can you offer yourself compassion? How can you replace the shame that you are feeling with compassion? Whenever you feel shame or you see yourself hiding or people pleasing or being defensive or aggressive, acknowledge that it's there and then ask yourself, what is the most compassionate thing I can do for myself right now? Because remember, self-compassion is the opposite of self-judgment. That's right. And we need to work on being kind to ourselves before we're kind to another person. It starts with yourself. And we need to watch the language that we use when we're talking about ourselves. Um, And we need to keep a a close eye on our inner critic. And you can learn all about self-compassion in episode 22. So check it out if you haven't listened to it already. We want to be rooted in compassion, not shame. Compassion for ourselves and then compassion for others. And remember, self-compassion is all about common humanity as well. So you're not alone in this. You're not alone in having shame. I have it. Leah has it. We all have it. it. (laughs) That's right. But more often than not, we really isolate ourselves and we feel like we're the only ones experiencing it, but we're really, really not alone. It actually provides such a sense of relief to think like, okay, I'm not the only one who experiences this. Not everybody does. Mm -hmm. Now, the third thing we can do to help us become shame resilient is to develop courage. 
courage to show up and be vulnerable. As we talked about earlier, we need to trust ourselves more. We need to explore ourselves and learn what we want and then have the courage to ask for it. We need to have the courage to step outside of our comfort zones, to dream and to desire. But we also need to take 100% responsibility for our lives. And we're going to be talking about this in a future episode. I'm so excited. But we need to be willing to fail, be willing to feel all the feels, humility, humiliation, embarrassment, be willing to self-validate. Because remember, when we don't rely on other people for validations, but are able to validate ourselves, all our relationships change for the good and we become more authentic. We also want to focus on the things that we can control, like stop spending so much energy on the external locus of control the things that we have very little power over. And I'm saying this like I'm lecturing you, but I'm kind of lecturing myself. (laughs) Stop (laughs) spending so much energy on the things you can't control, the things we have very little power over. We need courage to step into a life that we actually want. Wow. That's a big one. Okay. Number four, we need connection. Shame is very painful. And because of it, we may want to disconnect. You know, shame is very isolating. We think things like, I'm not good enough, and we feel defeated. We feel like we're getting left behind. We may blame others or compare ourselves to others, even bully ourselves or others. But instead, we need to connect. And again, that's that vulnerability piece. Vulnerability is what actually leads to connection. And this connection will help us become shame resilient. We want to connect to both ourselves and to others. We want to share our story with those who have earned the right to hear our story. Being vulnerable is not just dumping our story on anyone because that's actually a boundary violation of theirs, right? Mm -hmm. We need to also establish trust and build a relationship with that person. So we need to shine the light, have compassion, take courage and connection. These are really the keys for building shame resilience. These are the things we also want to be teaching our kids. So shame is not going to go away. We're all going to experience it. It's normal. We don't want to teach our kids to fear it. We want to teach them how to become resilient to it. And the more they're able to have compassion and show courage and connect and model after what they're seeing us do, they will love themselves more. They will experience less shame or be better able to handle the shame that they do encounter. We also want to remember that shame is an emotion and it's just, it's part of the spectrum. All of the emotions, the pleasant ones and the, uh, the unpleasant ones and emotions always are created by our thoughts. And since we get to choose our thoughts It's good to be aware of the ones that we're having that trigger shame, but shame also comes from trauma. And for many, we can be unaware of the trauma. So we may feel shame and really not have a clue where it's coming from. So that's why it's really important to process shame in your body. And you can refer back to episode 11, where we talked about how to feel your feelings and process emotions. And we'll also put a link in the show notes of a quick guide that we created that will walk you through how to process emotions. Because we do need to process them. We need to process shame. We don't want to run from it. We don't want to hide from it or eat it or drink it away. We want to feel it in our bodies. Like, what does it feel like? Where does it live in your body? What message is it trying to tell you? So being shame resilient is feeling our feelings and understanding our story and being willing to work through it. We then also want to be aware of how shame shows up in our behaviors and our reaction to things. 
It's a lot of shiz. Have shame shows up. (laughs) (laughs) Lastly, I want to encourage you to take responsibility for your own emotions. Just like you take responsibility for the things that you can control and your thoughts, take responsibility for all of it. So this includes shame and guilt. And we're in charge of our emotions. Often I hear people talk about someone else shaming them or guilting them. And while I know it's kind of, it's common, it's a common thing to say, and it seems to be pretty well accepted that you can be shamed and guilted. But I think it's important to remember that you are in charge of your own emotions. People may say things and it may be so easy for us to think thoughts about what they say that trigger feelings of shame. But remember, we also get to decide what we make, what other people say mean to us. And we talked about this in episode 15. So now, of course, this doesn't mean that we go around saying whatever we want. We want to take a compassionate approach and we are responsible for what we say to others, but we're not responsible for how other people feel. We're completely responsible for how we feel and we likely want to feel empowered. So own your emotions. Be mindful if you are saying something that may be harder for someone else to manage their thoughts around. Yeah. I mean, I often, like I taught my kids the concept of, is it kind? Is it true? And is it necessary to sort of be the barometer of the filter of what to say and how to say it? So you don't just randomly say things and like, well, it's your choice to feel how you feel. No, you want to go into it and asking yourself, is this kind? Is this true? Is this necessary? But we also need to be aware that other people get to decide how they feel and you get to decide how you feel. No one can make you feel anything without your permission. Like you are in control of that. So just to recap, shame is an emotion that we are not going to be able to escape. It is completely normal to feel it. It differs from guilt in that guilt is I did something wrong and shame is I am wrong. So I did something bad and I am bad. Guilt can be healthy and move us forward. Shame keeps us stuck. And shame thrives and grows in darkness, in secrecy. It wants you to stay silent and filled with judgment. It's almost a good little litmus test there. If you are sitting there thinking like, oh, I got to keep this silent. I got to keep it quiet. I don't want to tell anybody. Then, you know, shame is there. Shame is your friend. Shame is. And we know that if you're hiding or people pleasing or maybe reacting aggressively or defensively, shame probably is hanging around too. Chances are you have some shame with you if these are some of your go-to things that you find yourself doing. Mm -hmm, That's right. Now, if you want to become more shame resilient, then you need to shine a light on shame. I mean, you can't change what you can't see, right? And you need to share, you need to talk about it, you need to give it a voice and drop the judgment of yourself and others. We all have shame And there's no need to judge yourself or others for it. And next, you also need to develop more compassion for yourself and for others. Empathy is huge here. Courage is another thing that you you need to focus on developing. Courage to be vulnerable, to share, to feel, to fail. Courage to show up in your life and take full responsibility of your life. And lastly, connection is key. Connect to yourself, connect to others. And we build connection through vulnerability. You see how compassion, courage, and connection are all tied together because all of them come together with vulnerability. That's right. If you are struggling with shame or you recognize some of the symptoms of shame that we've talked about in you, then reach out. 
because we would love to talk with you. Coaching is such an amazing way to work through your shame because it's a safe and non-judgmental space where you can explore and share your story. We help you become aware and talking about your shame is a great way to build that shame resilience. So reach out, connect with us. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you are interested in a little bit of weekly motivation, want to be kept in the know about upcoming free classes and resources, new podcast episodes, and other ways of working with us, please go subscribe to our weekly email. You can subscribe at www.hl-lifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Again, that's www.hl-lifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you again soon.